0: Hey everyone, welcome to Conversations at Olive, a podcast featuring everyday conversations around the life of Olive Baptist Church and its surrounding community. Today I'm joined by two very special guests, uh, Pastor Ted Trailer and our Minister of Music, John Tyner, uh, as we talk about celebrating pastor's 30th year here at Olive. John, why don't you get us uh, kicked off? Hey everyone, we're really excited to be here today with Pastor Trailer. My name's John Tyner, I've been serving at Olive as the Minister of Music for the past seven years. Um, but I grew up here at uh, at Olive uh, and pastor came in 1990, uh, I guess November 1st, right? Was your first Sunday in November 1st? Yeah, I, I got here on, uh, we pulled into town on Halloween.
1: I'll never forget, we we stayed down here to, I think what was then a Holiday Inn at old University Mall. And all the kids were trick-or-treating, that's how I remember it. They were everywhere in, in the parking
0: lot. That's yeah. it. so this time 30 years ago, you were probably up to your head and shoulders in moving boxes. In boxes, in, yeah. In uh, Texas. Yeah, they had just
1: really, here on this day, probably packed the truck and getting ready to uh, drive it to Florida. And we were uh, sitting in the house crying, getting ready to move to Florida. So.
0: <laughs> well, I, uh, I remember very well when you came. Uh, to all, of course, I was a kid here uh, growing up. I was thinking back. I think I must have been in the sixth grade. It was in the fall, probably when I was in the sixth grade, and uh, and I remember very well when you came. Um, and uh, there there are things I remember as a as a kid, you know. And you came, became my pastor. Of course, Brother Jerry was my pastor when I was younger, and I was saved, baptized under his ministry of Jerry Passmore. But when I got in those middle school and high school years, um, is when you really start to. Try to figure things out and really start mm-hmm. to hone your faith. And so, um, this was, you know, probably just on the front end of that time in my life. But I remember my brother and I just thought you were the coolest. Uh, and we would do things like, you know, the rare occasion that we would wear like a suit coat, uh, we would hold our arms out like you did when you were preaching to make sure you could see our cuffs <laughs> sticking out from the jacket. We thought it was cool that you wore cufflinks. <laughs> so, there are things I remember like that uh, when uh, when we were kids. Um, But we were so excited, I remember your your preaching and the energy uh, you brought and the excitement there was in our church during uh, during those days. Uh, But tell us a little bit of the story about how you came to Olive. What brought you here uh, to Pensacola? Well, I I was uh, minding my own business in
1: Texas, having a great uh, ministry at Orchard Hills Baptist Church in Garland, the northeast side uh, of Dallas. And Jack Price, our mutual friend, Jack attended Orchard Hills. And when he knew about Olive, because he would come here and do things, and uh, he wrote my name on a Wendy's napkin and gave it to the Minister of Music. And he handed it to the search committee. And that's how my name got in front. And Jack came to me and he said, if this church talks to you, you ought to talk to them. And so he encouraged me. So that's how the ball started rolling. And then the pulpit committee uh, talked to me. Of course, they came to hear me and and Uh, I said no, and then I said yes, and then I backed out. And it it was just a a troubling time in my soul because I'd been at Orchard Hills just less than three years. And I felt like we were just getting started. Uh, And I remember when Jack asked me about it and I said, I turned it down. He said, you did what? (laughs) Uh, I said, he said, man, you you need, and I said, well, I, I just can't sense it's what God wants to do. Uh, but as we look back, there were some things that God was working in, in our family and some things God was working in the Ollie family. And it just took a, little, a few months for those things to work out. We got back together. They called again and we said yes. And uh, here we came.
0: Jack loves to tell that story. He, he's told it to me uh, several times. Jack Price is a music evangelist. For those listening that don't know who he is, he's a music evangelist on the uh, music company for a long time, Prism Music, and uh, has been a great friend to a lot of churches, a lot of ministries. Yeah. Music, I love that he was such a big part of. Uh, he Virginia used to tell
1: Ufair me, music. he said, "If you go down there, he said, don't you dare tell Orchard Hills that I gave your name." He said they'll run me out of the church.
0: Yeah, he's like the worst church member there. <laughs> <laughs> the pastor out there. Uh, when you came to Olive, um, what 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 attracted you to it? I guess uh, would be one. Way to ask a question or one part of it. What attracted you to to Olive in Pensacola? What did you see um, here? I'm assuming you know when, when I've made moves before. Uh, I've I've of course we follow the Lord's leading, but we've really tried to look for potential in those places and uh, potential in the way God can maximize our giftedness in a, in a particular place. What did you see at Olive um, that that you thought that might be the case?
1: Well, on the pragmatic side, uh, the church sat on 12 acres of ground, Uh, Dr. Passmore told me, he said, you've got all the buildings you'll ever need. You got all, you got everything you'll ever need. And I thought, wow, I don't know if that's right. But the church in the interim purchased the 26 acres of the first extension. And what attracted me to this church were laymen who, without a pastor in the interim, said we've got to prepare for the future, and here's land, let's go get it because we've got a vision to reach this region. And that was really the pragmatic thing that uh, said to me, hey, these people, there's some great men here that will help you go and do what God would have you do.
0: That's incredible leadership. um, Really those Make those steps. Leon
1: Walden, Bob Davis, I've buried both those men now since I've been Mm -hmm. here. Uh, Leon was working the land deal. Bob was the engine behind it, Bob Davis Way that we named uh, out at the back property, and others that were involved in that. But those were the two real catalysts in, in that.
0: In in 30 years, I mean, speaking of the purchasing the land and, and building all those things, um, the physical campus here at Olive looks a lot different than it did um, in those days. I mean, I remember growing up, um, you know, the buildings that we had. Of course, now what is our high school ministry building was the sanctuary exactly. in Passmore Hall. Yeah. And, um, what, t- just quickly, what are the... What was the time frame of building some of those, uh, adding on to the campus building, some of those buildings that we've that we've seen go up here?
1: Well, of course, the first thing was, was having the land to do it. And, and so uh, I got here on Halloween, and then uh, that next Sunday was my first Sunday. And the next Wednesday night, they purchased that land. Uh, it was a little over half a million dollars that, that we paid for it. And I, I jokingly said I'd been here four days and had to church half a million dollars in debt. So, uh, but they did it and we voted that yeah. to, to do that. And so that started and we were doing two services and then we began to grow and uh, we went from two to three services and then the vision team uh, just got to work. What, what are we going to do? And that's where the uh, new worship space uh, came from in, in that vision. That was the first piece. And so we started with that, and uh, uh, then we had a master design, master plan that we put together, and uh, had some other buildings that we wanted to do, and uh, figured that they, they would come. We'd, we'd have to do it. And of course, the children's building came on, and then, of course, the uh, six, seven, and eight. Well, middle school here uh, came on board and uh, then with the sports complex out back. And so all of those were on that master plan that the old, oh, what we call the dream team mm-hmm. had uh, years ago. And the worship center was the, of course, the first space that we uh, started, you know, raising money and getting ready to build it. That's
0: good. I remember moving into the worship center and it looked, it looked like how we we're ever going to fill this Oh, I, I will never yeah. forget, John. The first time
1: we walked in, Liz was with me. I had the people on Sunday night. I said, "Well, we're going to start over there next Sunday." So on Sunday night, we just walked over there to yep. let everybody walk. Through. I was there. Yeah. And so Liz walked in, and she took me. back. She said, "I don't like this. I don't want to be in a church this size. I, I just have never been in a church this large." And she said, "I don't know if we did right." And uh, I said, "Well, we had to. We, mm-hmm. we had to do something," and and this was it. And. Uh, I I was not going to build it as large as it is, and and the guys kept saying, "Listen, if you'll just knock the back wall ten feet farther back, you can put X, you know, several hundred more people on those top rows." And so uh, that's kind of the overflow, overflow right. place. And uh, they said, "For little or nothing, you can do it." And and so they had big vision. I did too. They I kind of drugged them along, and they drugged me along in right. a lot of ways. So. Uh, uh, but it was it was just good and, and God blessed and expansion came and people came.
0: I uh, there are things I remember like that Sunday night before the first Sunday that we were in there. I remember us and it felt like we were you know marching to Zion. Exactly. You know it was yeah. uh, it was such an exciting. I remember people cheering and yeah. you know uh, that was a fun memory. It, uh, it really was a great night. Yeah. The uh, what are some other kind of highlight? Just memories that stand out in your. In your mind. To me, Olive's always been a church that um, has operated as one. There's always been a, a sense of community, um, uh, a sense of excitement and expectation that God's at work and is going to be at work. And what were some of those some other kind of highlights that you can remember where, where that was the case?
1: Well, I've often said when, when people ask me about the church, you know, most of the mountain peaks that in my 30 years here have, have all come from storms. And we laugh about it, but really it's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we got ready to do Ministry Village, that was, kind of, that was one of the first big changes of the demographic of the church when we began to reach. I mean, everybody was always welcome, but it's one thing to say everybody's welcome and to go after that demographic. Right. And so we went to the down and out, out of that storm when those 26, 18 wheel trucks were on the back parking lot. And God said to me, you don't have to have a storm to do this kind of ministry all the time. And and so MVO was really birthed out of that storm. Leo came, and, and right. with the racial demographic that changed in the church, putting a black gentleman on the platform as your platform partner, as you are with with me now. Uh, Leo was then, and you know that face uh, really changed, and that came out of Katrina, right. uh, out of the storm that he was uh, brought over here. And uh, so those are highlights when it began to change and. Uh, We started the business, Persons Luncheon, uh, that I did for several years and then did away with it. Uh, But that really helped us not to the down and out, but to the up and out. And and so it stretched us. Those are some things that uh, are kind of highlight for me because it changed the demographic of who we are, broadened our base of trying to be regional and really to say whosoever will let them come.
0: Those, um, it's interesting. That those are highlights of yours. I, I was noticing as you were saying that all of those things were still, however many years ago each of those things happened, um, we still are reaping the benefits of those now. I mean, that's, mm. they they really were major culture changes. They were for our, for our church with what we do with MVO, and of course this past year even with 2020 being what it oh. has been. MBOs has um, given us a lot of opportunities. Oh, it's really been on
1: ministry. the on the cutting edge of what we've done in ministry yeah. during this COVID time.
0: Of course, the racial uh, issue with Leo Day being here really changed the church. Um, I'm so grateful for that. Um, you know, as you know, I have two of my children are African American. I'm I'm as white as the sheet of paper I'm looking at here. <laughs> but uh, but that's a big that was a big deal for our family to come I'm and sure. see some diversity uh, here and. Uh, so that our you know our kids felt that i even had a guest visit uh this past sunday an african american lady and uh she one of the comments she she told me was um you know sometimes when i go a place i feel like i'm the, the only black person in the room but she said I, I looked around on sunday and i i just felt very comfortable and yeah. um and so that's that's important you know well,
1: i remember w- when you were coming that in, in the deacons meeting i was getting ready to share uh you know i couldn't tell your name yet because of your heists. we were waiting letting right. you do that. And, and one of the guys said, well, pastor, I just have one question. Is he black? And I said, nobody's children are. And, uh, <laughs> they, you know, they just, I, said, I can't say anything else. That's it. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we had, and it got to the place and, and, and what changes that is that you can laugh about things that before you couldn't laugh about. Yeah. Uh, but you've been down that road and no, we, none of us do all that stuff. Perfect. And attention tension is in our world right now, but uh, we tried to attack that. That was one of our top five things is to be a leader in r- racial reconciliation yeah. when we laid out our vision plan way back. And we didn't know how to do that. Uh, but we had a dream in our heart and God then answered that. Yeah. And, uh, so well, blessed they, be his name.
0: I think one of the keys, and one of the, like with that particular issue that you have led the way in, showed the example uh, of, is, is just building relationships, loving people. Um, and re- regardless of who they are, their background, their color, uh, whatever it is, just, uh, love them the way Jesus does. And, uh, and, and it, and it changes the way that we understand each other. That's right.
1: Well, in the news journal this morning, uh, Bernard Yates, they had a great article on uh, my good friend, uh, had a heart attack and died. He's 60, I think three, four years old. And I've preached for him. He's preached for us and, uh, just a great leader at Zion hope church. And, uh, you know, you, you you just get to know people and uh, you just learn a whole lot and just be friends in the Holy Ghost. That's, That's what right. the Spirit of God calls us to do. And it breaks down those walls. Right. And, uh, so praise the Lord for it.
0: Well, you know, 30 years is, uh, is a long time. And not a lot of people get to stay in one place for 30 years. And uh, But you have. You've, you've been here. I don't know if you ever imagined, you know, when, uh, when those first calls came from the search committee at Olive that, <laughs> Thirty years later, you'd you'd still be in Pensacola, but um, but it, I imagine has some unique benefits, uh, longevity like that in a place. Um, what are some of those benefits that you can think of? Uh,
1: there are things that you can do in your twenty fifth year you couldn't do in your fifth year. Uh, it's a trust level that that if you've built those relationships uh, w- with folk, and uh, so the longevity gives you. Uh, some trust from your people. Uh, uh, There are things that you can speak into just out of your experience that, uh, yeah, it's going to be okay. We, we've been there before. We, we've done that. Uh, There are many things that, that are positive, uh, but I always have to flip that question over. Uh, There are some negatives of staying 30 years too. And on that side, it's you You have some people that leave you and go. And and you think, ah, I don't even know why they went. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you run into some difficulty, you have to work through uh, some things where if you just leave and you're five or eight, you know, you just go start over. Right. But here, those things stay. And so you have to learn to forgive and forget. Uh, but some of the benefit of that is, you see some of those folks then even turn back around and come back and and sometimes be a part of the church again uh, and mend those fences. Whereas if you went off you, you know you just have relational issues, you stay somewhere thirty years, you mm-hmm. run into folks of numbers are perfect. Uh, but the benefit is is the trust level. That yeah. that's the thing, and uh, and seeing a generation grow up just like you and the call of god in your life and the call of god in your son's life and right. you see your children and your children's children man you
0: know you can't buy that yeah yeah that that is a kind of a neat thing that you um you know in a short term you pastor people but you've really been able to shepherd families through a lot of seasons of their mm-hmm. life and, and generations come in and going and um, it's a it is a cool thing um, it really make.
1: is and and you know, anywhere I've been, I pastored four churches, and every one of them uh, from my first college church, I, I went to stay for my life, mm-hmm. uh, and thinking, well, God may move me one day, but I don't know that he will, uh, but I just think you got to go like that, right. and uh, if God lets you stay three years or 30 years, you you go saying, I'm here till God makes me go and picks me up and takes me elsewhere.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, uh, I, you mentioned um, kind of going through valleys. Um, I know there have been a lot of really great days and mostly really great years at Olive, but I also know that you've uh, faced some adversity and you've had some tough patches. You've had uh, difficult days, difficult years. Some of those even I've uh, walked through uh, with you uh, here and seen kind of firsthand how you deal with those, but what, what's what been um, What's been a key to dealing with those times, and uh, how did you overcome, I'm sure, what has, I mean, in 30 years, there's got to have been a, a thought in your head one day, like, man, maybe I ought to just go sell insurance or do something else, <laughs> you know. Uh, how do you work through that, overcome, overcome that temptation uh, to to just kind of, Leave it all and, and go do something easier. Uh, yeah, well, when God's
1: called you, you, you know, his calls without repentance. He doesn't change his mind. You best not change yours. Uh, if he calls, his he calls forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't mean every uh, vocational call is a locational call. Uh, I've never wanted to quit preaching. I've wanted to quit preaching here
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, when it got hot. I wanted out of this kitchen and get in another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was just God's. Time, I guess, is providence for me to be here through these years, and I've walked through those. And uh, the key to all of that is really twofold. Number one is, is your own maturation in Christ. You, you've got to be uh, settled in who you are, be your own self, understand yourself, forgive yourself, uh, encourage yourself, and get uh, right people around. And then secondly, not only your relationship with the Lord and being who you are, but then you got to have great, good, and godly men, Around you, and that is the key—the absolute bottom line key to Olive Baptist Church. Since the time I got here until this day, are great, good, and godly men that come around the pastor. Many of those are deacons, but many are not uh, guys that just serve and love God, love the pastor, and uh, stand with you. Right. Uh, and I've always had men standing with me when my world was on fire. And sometimes they didn't agree with me, but they said, we honor the office of the pastor. And I have to attribute that to Dr. Jerry Passmore, that he built that into the DNA yeah. of this church, that they love the office of the pastor and uh, will forgive you and walk with you through that. So those two things is your own relationship with Christ and, and your uh just being solid in who you are, not trying to, you know, be harder on yourself than the Holy Ghost is right? and and then having those good men that you can pour your heart out to and, and that they will come alongside of you. And, uh, as one of them said to me one time, Pastor, let us be the insulation on the wire for you. Don't let it arc on you. Let it arc on us and wow. we'll do this
0: together. That's good. You mentioned Jerry Passmore a couple of times. He was pastor here for 17 years, Right. Uh, left in, I don't know, maybe 1988, 89. I think, 89 and uh, went to serve the Florida Baptist Convention, but then retired and came back. And he's a member, he's here, he he prayed, and I think this past Sunday in one of the services. Um, What's that been like to have your predecessor here uh, in the church? And how long was he gone? He was
1: gone 10 years, Okay. Well, he worked 10 years. And then he moved back over here and he joined the church. But, you know, even the next five years, he was not here because he preached every Sunday Sunday. Yeah, right. He was an interim or whatever. But then as he's moved into his, deeper into his 80s, he doesn't preach as much out, and he's here uh, most every Sunday, right. and has been my dear, dear friend. Uh, had, had he been sitting in the pew my first year, it would have been much more difficult. But him sitting in the pew in my 15th year, he was really my encourager. And then of course we walked through the death of Ms. Doris, and uh, did her funeral. Uh, and walking with him, and then of course I did his wedding when he remarried, and uh, it was it's it's still a highlight of my pastoral life that I stood in Passmore Hall, the building that he built that's named for him, to do his wedding, and I used Jeff Russo's pastors book that day. That's cool. Uh, Russo Hall, the 17 year tenure of Jeff Russo before Brother Jerry 17 yours uh here. And so I brought all three of us together yeah. with Brother Russo's pastor's book and Brother Jerry getting married and myself doing it. It was it's, it's cool. one of the days I'll never forget till I get the Alzheimer's. Yeah. I mean <laughs> it's, it's a highlight
0: for me. Really. That's the kind of stuff that you uh that you just can't script out. No, oh, that's right. That, uh, yeah. that God just gives you those those mm-hmm. moments. Um uh well let's talk real quickly about vision a little bit because um I- I've heard you say that over the last 30 years you have pastored a number of different churches um you know it's all been at olive but right. the church has gone through changes you've had new vision new direction that we've gone in people have come and gone and um but how do you keep that vision alive and keep us as a because we're still olive uh, church but but it has changed things oh. have, have changed a lot um
1: Every time I see these kids uh, wearing <clears throat> the suit shirts, says thing one, thing two, three. Mm-hmm. I always want to get me a shirt that says Olive one, Olive two, Olive, Olive, Olive three, <laughs> yeah. and uh, Olive four and five is going on down the road because it does change. And uh, if a church is not changing, it's dying. Uh, it just can't. It doesn't stay the same. It's either gaining life or dying. One of the two. It just, there's no neutral uh, in in the church life. Uh, So you have to keep fresh vision. Uh, You have to keep your eye on heaven as well as your eye uh, on your region and uh, let God speak into that uh, for you. Uh, I'm fired up about preaching this Sunday uh, because I'm going to set vision for year 31 uh, for my ministry here. And I'm taking an old sermon, rebuilding it, and uh, going forward uh, with that. And, and I I believe that we've got to be a greater sending church, releasing church than we've ever been. I mean, all of a sudden I've got, you know, your son's one of them, these 10, 11, 12 young preachers. And I think we're going to have a great season of sending out young preachers and other staffers into churches. And so we continue to do evangelism, discipleship. I mean, you know, they're the basics. You never stop doing those. But there's an emphasis that comes in a different way. And I think we're going to have a great time
0: of building young preachers in these next few years. I'm
1: really fired up about that.
0: You know, um, that emphasis on sending is so uh, crucial. It's hard to think about it. Sam Schwanke, who does our yeah. uh, missions, came in my right. office this week and gave me a card. I'm he gave he you gave one. He one too. Had a one, two, three on it. And he said, hey, I want you to be praying about three people that you can write down and pray for them every day that you believe Olive can equip and send out to do missions or ministry over the next, you know, however many years. And um,
1: when Sam brought that card to me, I said, young man,
0: that's where I'm going, Sunday. Yeah. I I mean,
1: I may even use your text. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, So yeah. That's
0: Uh, really the kind of the heartbeat of who we are right now. And that was really confirmation in my own soul. mm -hmm. No, I, I, I tell you, I mean, in all honesty, if you want to get serious about the sending business, it it, it can hurt sometimes. I mean, it's hard for oh, me to yeah. write my son's name on that card. Exactly. Pray for God to send him away. You yeah. know, but but um, that's the business we're we're to be about. So, well, I
1: remember giving my children to the Lord years and say, Lord, use them wherever you want to. Just as long as it's in Northwest Florida, they'd be right. fine with me. You know, but <laughs> uh, uh, and they have stayed. But you have to release them to the ends of the earth, mm-hmm. uh, because that's you know God gave us those children. We're stewards of them, but we're not the owner. That's right. Uh, and just like he gives us these young people in our church, we're stewards, but we're not the owners. God's yeah. the owner. And he'll send them out and he'll send to some is better than
0: that. You know. Yeah. But when it comes to being your own children,
1: uh, that's a different kettle of fish right there, you know.
0: Well, I, I've been listening to you preach for thirty years. I mean, even you know, I graduated high school in nineteen ninety seven and went away to school in Mississippi, then we moved to Tennessee for almost ten years. We were in yeah. a couple of different places in Tennessee and uh, before we moved back to serve here at Olive. So I was gone a good while, but even in those years, you were my pastor. I kept up. I, you know, listened to sermons online. I would call you from time True. to time. And, of course, you did, came to Mississippi and did mine and Angie's wedding. Work out, boy. We did. I saw a picture of that <laughs> this week. I was going through some stuff. Uh, but, you know, through all of those years, I've been listening to you preach, um, and you're my favorite preacher. But I, I tell you, it just seems like your sermons get stronger and um, more gripping, more more powerful as the years go on, um, and, and it's it's refreshing to me um, to see that firsthand because we live in a time where, um, especially in a lot of churches, you uh, it, it seems that guys in ministry just kind of age out, and uh, they feel like, or maybe they get pressure from other people that when you get to a certain age, um, you're you're not able to be relevant anymore. You're not able to be effective anymore, speak, you know, really understand the culture, where people are, whatever it is. Um, but I think in our church, we're experiencing just the opposite of that. And uh, what do you attribute that to? I mean, this year has been unique and we've talked about yeah. it a few times. Um, man, your your messages this year have just um, been powerful. And um,
1: Well, I'd say two things about this year, John, uh, and, and I've said this to a few of our people that have said the same thing to me. I said, well... Uh, number one, uh, I've every outside event I had on the calendar canceled all but maybe one or two. Right. You know, and I was just going to Andalusia and preach one night. A couple of Zoom preachers. Yeah, Zoom? yeah I've done that a <laughs> time or two. But I've had, I've probably stayed here more and I've probably had more time to pray and more time to study because my travel has uh, been cut back. So, uh, you know, I think the Lord's taught me something through all that, that, uh, hey, it's what Fred Wolf told me years ago, said, you know, you don't have to go like that. And uh, said, my daddy used to tell me all the time, he said, they're going to fire you down there if you don't stay home a little more often. And uh, uh, there's seasons that you travel and go, but you, you got to, but I've learned some things through COVID about pastoring a church, mm-hmm. uh, of being home. And uh, it's helped my heart burn brighter for the word and given me better study time Uh, in that. So I I have, uh, I've sensed a greater zeal and zest in the pulpit during these tough days. And I think people are not only maybe am I spending more time, I think they're listening better too, because I think they're praying more. And uh, you throw in the election stuff and COVID and hurricanes and all of that. I think people have got their ear to the ground saying, Lord, are you trying to say something to us? Right. And they come to church saying, Speak, Lord, speak. Your servants listening. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Doctor Crystal told me years ago, keep your mornings for the Lord, and I've done that all my life. Uh, I did this morning, and uh, just being in the Word and studying, praying, saying, "Lord, what's next?" Yeah. So, uh, it, it, it's nothing new, but you you got to keep you got to keep your own spirit uh, burning. Right. Uh I mean, it's like Sunday. Yeah. I, I've been watching. You know, I, th- I thought, well, I'm gonna throw- I'm gonna use this 5G thing every time I turn to television. You know, somebody's talking about 5G, 5G, 5G. And I said, I don't know what that is. You know, but I dug in, tried to find out a little bit. Found out a lot of people didn't know what it was. And, uh, <laughs> but then when I used that, I've had people quote it back to me all week long. Yeah. Said, "Pastor, I'm on that 5G with you." You know, and yeah, I said, cool. "Well, good." Uh, so I think you got to connect to the culture in in those ways and. Uh, but you got to connect to the Word of God more than you do the culture. But there's a balance.
0: There. Yeah. Well, I see. Uh, you know, that's the same spirit in your preaching as I did 30 years ago uh, when you were in your 30s. And uh, but but there's a sharp, and I'm sure years of wisdom. Uh, you know, uh, you hope you learn something, there, right? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. You know. I, you know. I've also heard you say if you don't change any over you know, 30 years, then something's bad wrong. Yeah, Yeah. you're dying. That's right. How how would you say, um, what are the biggest ways you feel like you've changed uh, over 30 years?
1: Uh, I I think I'm more approachable now than I was. Uh, When I got here, uh, I I remember Dr. Larry Morris was on the search committee. And when one of our last meetings we were talking, I was thinking about this week, they said, uh, well, tell us kind of what your thought and vision is for the church. And and uh, I immediately said, Man, I just want this to be the largest church in Northwest Florida. I just want us to grow and be you know and uh and I always remember Larry saying, I can't remember his exact words, but he said, You know, it it would be good that it's a great and godly church before it's a big church. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's good. He just rebuked the pastor right here. <laughs> but it was wisdom. Yeah. It was good. But but I was 36. I was, man, I wanted to go. I wanted to compliment, you know, and you can get in the flesh on that. Uh, but I I wasn't a big toucher or a hugger. I'm an only child. So I, I'm not real personable when it comes to one-on-one and, and that kind of thing. I mean, I'll talk to you and have a good time. But uh, But I think that's turned some in my life. I think I'm... Uh, my kids have helped me, and my grandkids have tendered my. Yeah, heart. I was about to
0: say those granddaughters. Yeah, they've tendered my heart yeah. in,
1: a, in a big way, and it it helps me relate to the my children's generation and my grandchildren's generation in a new way. Right. So I think that's the probably the largest change in in what I see in me, and I I have some other people say that you know to me, and uh, I hope it's true. And uh, uh, I've often said to some of our staff leaders. I've said, you know, just keep a one iron in your uh, office and if it ever gets to the place where I'm not uh, doing what I'm supposed to be or there's no fire in my tank, I said, don't come in and get on me. Just lay that, just bring that one iron in there and lean it against the Desk and I'll know the next time you come in here you're gonna hit me with it. So, uh, uh, I don't like, want to be the one. On. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, but I just don't want to ever come to the place where you know you overstay and you're bored. and yeah. people are thinking, oh man, that old senile man ought to quit. You know, that kind of thing. So, uh, but you just try to stay fresh and relevant, and the Word of God does that because nothing's right. more up to date than Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's Gavin right.
0: Well. Well, uh, I could sit here. I mean, for over 30 years, we could sit here all day sure. and tell stories. And uh, I wish we had time to go back and talk about people. There've been so many people at Olive that I know have been instrumental uh, oh, in yeah. in different things. And it's when you were talking about vision, I was thinking about how you know we um, we really drive vision as as we're in leadership at a church. But there are so many lay people that come along that help shape that and uh, and help even bring an idea or spark a Uh, a thing in our spirit, you know, that God begins to work on by something they say or do. And that happens so often. Uh, So I'd love to go through and recount those, but we could be here all day. and Everybody (laughs) might turn us off before we ever got (laughs) the stories. Um, So we'll just wrap it up. Um, I guess I'll put you on the spot, but I want you to give me one word. If you can give me one word as you look into the future, what you want all of to be about. Um, If you could say, I, I have a feeling after listening to you talk, I might know what it is. Um, but if you could give us one word and say, hey, this is in this next season in the life of our church. You know, this is 30 years with uh, one pastor is a big accomplishment for the pastor. It's a big accomplishment mm-hmm. for the church. It's a, it's a, something for us to all celebrate. Um, as we look past this point, uh, what is the one thing that uh, that we need to be about?
1: Go. It's the word. And we will be ascending church and people have got to go. And it's the 5G and the 5G that That's we right. talked about Sunday. That I'm praying the next generation would know God, know the gospel, that they had no grace, and that they would do good things, and that we'd show the and and then they would go to the ends of the earth. That's what the church has got to be. We must go to this region, we must go to America, and we gotta go to the four corners of the globe with the gospel. Lord use us to raise up a generation, to send them out and release them, and that we might all go with the gospel.
0: Amen. Well, Pastor, it's I always love the time we spend together and uh, and talking together. I love your heart. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for your uh, friendship, your partnership in ministry, and um, it's a, this is a big deal. we're we're excited for you. But we're proud of you, and uh, we're we're thankful that God sent you to Pensacola all those years ago.
1: Thank you, John Tyner. Love you friend.
0: All right. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, Today, uh, to our Olive Conversations at Olive podcast. And uh, this has been Pastor Ted Trailer celebrating 30 years as pastor of Olive Baptist Church here in Pensacola.